0: Welcome to episode number 82 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety, industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we have on a special guest, Monica Raminazzo, and We talk about her journey in fire protection engineering with industries handling combustible dust in Brazil. Monica, thank you for coming on the Dust Safety Science Podcast today.
1: Thank you, Chris. First of all, thank you for the invitation. And uh, I never thought to be here.
0: <laughs> We're very excited to have you.
1: So am I. <laughs> thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Monica is a fire protection engineer with uh, Remanazzo Fire Protection Engineering based out of Curitiba, South Brazil. She's over 20 years experience in fire protection. And recently, over the last number of years, she's been focusing on combustible dust safety in Brazil. I know Monica because she reached out to me after our 2020 Digital Dust Safety Conference in February, and we started discussing back and forth combustible dust safety and her journey in this industry, because it was quite interesting to hear her her moving from fire protection, engineering, and other industries into combustible dust. But beyond that, there's a couple of things that really sparked my interest about what Monica's doing. She tagged me on social media a couple of times after the conference, and she was traveling around to... I think she went to Florida to meet with CB Technology, and she she met with IEP Technologies in Brazil and a a bunch of groups that were speaking at the conference. But she also, in her work, started implementing right away the safety um, processes, fire and explosion safety devices that she saw at the conference that she had from her experience on these projects she's been working on since the event. And even more importantly, she does a lot of work teaching others. I received an email yesterday from a contact in Brazil that said, um, we just had Monica uh Revinazzo do a training at our company. Um, last week, you need to have her on the podcast. And I had to email him back and say, uh, you're too late, I have her coming on tomorrow already. <laughs> so she's doing, she's doing a lot of good work. So I do want to start just by saying, thank you for doing that. Thank you for the work you're doing in Brazil. In this episode, we're going to talk about Monica's journey a bit. Um, we're going to talk about her experience at the Digital Dust Safety Conference, and then what projects she has been working on since, and also what challenges remain in combustible dust safety in Brazil. Cheering with her, her hands and, and boots on the ground in in uh, that in in those industries. So, Monica, maybe the best place to start with is how did you get involved with fire protection engineering and in industries handling combustible dust?
1: Um, about fire protection engineer, when the first day when I left the university, uh, my father asked me to go in the fire marshal because it's a uh, it's law in Brazil that we need approve the project in the fire marshal so i start like this and i'm a civil engineer and uh, after that i moved to us because we don't we don't have still we don't have a school in brazil uh that can learn about fire protection it was just in the baby steps this area in brazil so i decided to move to us to learn more and uh, this is how I started in the fire protection. Four years later, I came back to Brazil because one of the customers of the office that I used to work in U.S. in fire protection, they bought a big operation in Brazil with a two hundred star storage units. So this is why I came back to Brazil because was needed to be fluent in Portuguese in NFPA standards and uh, FM global standards. So I came back to Brazil and opened my company. So this is how I started fire protection. And in combustible dust in 2017, I started a big project in a woodwork company about fire protection, looking for the insurance company requirements. And uh, in the in the middle of the project, this customer was about to buy uh, some spark detection and the logic system for the belts, the conveyors, and uh, some some woodwork. That they collected this. anyway a, a lot of stuff He was looking for uh, to buy this this detection and the suppression system. And he started asking me which one was better, and I was like, uh, "Okay, let me let me do some research about this, and uh, I let to you know which one is better." <laughs> so I start to study about about dust combustible dust, and uh, about the, the 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 industry that they, we can we can buy this stuff. So this is how I started. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you for that. And I do want to say thank you for doing this interview in English for us because my Portuguese would not be good enough to carry on.
1: I'm sorry. I'm mixing the words in my mind, so sorry.
0: No, it it sounds um sounds great. I'm I'm just laughing because we had Jay Juvenal on um a couple episodes ago and he does a lot of work in Brazil and he mentioned that the most difficult thing for him is that he, he doesn't speak Portuguese, so <laughs> Um, he he has to learn the the words as he go. So I do appreciate that. And I I think your story is very interesting Um, hearing that there isn't really um, the same education for fire protection engineering um, coming to the States, but then bringing that back and bringing that experience and the NFPA standards and the FM global, you know, guidance documents into the industries because I think there's probably lots of companies in the same way that the, the woodworking company you worked with have questions. They're trying to select from equipment and how do you know which the best equipment is. And so you've worked in woodworking and in food processing in Brazil. What other industries are you working in these days that involve combustible dust?
1: Uh, pharmacy. I started in pharmacy and uh, I had some contacts from the, the paper, the paper industry.
0: So, 2017 um, was really when you started with the woodworking company and helping them there with combustible dust, and then you are like a sponge, as far as I can tell, in terms of then you wanted to know more <laughs> and, and learn more. What made you um, want to attend the digital dust safety conference that we had earlier this year?
1: Just because I needed to learn more. We don't have too much. Uh, all the information that we can get in Brazil It's from suppliers. And uh, anytime when I go to one company and need to help the, the customers to decide that which supplier it's uh, uh, the best one for that equipment, I need to hear all the suppliers and try to figure out which one is better for for one thing and for that and or, or another. So when I saw all the all the all the suppliers, all the companies, like all the factories in one in one one webinar i was like oh my god i need to do that you know i need to take this conference and i was so surprised i was so amazed because it's so much knowledge that this this guys shared and uh, i learned a lot actually i i still watch some things because uh, i have i had the opportunity to learn with the best so Look like at me, <laughs> and uh, I can talk with the guys and ask for the solution. You know, if I have some doubt about one thing or another, the guys they are really open. So you had you 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 put all the experts together and helped me a lot. <laughs> so.
0: I appreciate that, and it's interesting to hear those different parts of it. There were the the technical sessions which um, I, I was at every one <laughs> so I moderated them. <laughs> so they were very, very good um, and very lots of different companies there. So like you said, it's not just one point of view. It's not just you always need explosion venting or you always need suppression or you always need um, ignition source control or you need fugitive dust. You got the full range. Then also communicating. Everyone that was at the event and spoke, you know, have a profile that you can connect with through the, the conference platform. And you, you did that as far as I can tell. You connected with them, you asked questions um, and you were able to get your, an- your questions answered. So I really appreciate that. What was, your, what was your kind of favorite part
1: of the conference? Well, I like all the parts. Uh, I don't have like a one favorite because, you know, it's, it's uh, so different, the subjects. Uh, you can talk about Spark, you can talk about suppression. You can bo- talk about bottles. You know, you, you go through all the NFPAs. And uh, they have solutions for all the problems. So what my favorite part from the day one to the day four? That's my favorite part.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And there were folks like yourself that tuned into a lot of the presentations. There were 52 of them over four days. So that comes out to just be just under 30 hours of material or just over 30 hours of material, I think. But I find myself doing the same as you. I go back if I want to know about different isolation systems and I go watch uh, Burke Desatel's presentation, um, which we had on the podcast in in episode 81, the last podcast, look at his presentation on isolation devices or if I want to know about um, DHAs and I go to the the full day track that we had on dust hazard analysis and I keep pulling up their slides and, and looking at them even in my work moving forward, so it's good to hear that you're doing that as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was uh, doing again the the day before that I was the, I was I was preparing the presentation. I was looking about the dust collector, and then I was checking the guy for Campfield and I was watching over and over. You know, like maybe I'm missing something. Let me watch this because this guy is an expert. So let me see what he's talking about. So. <laughs> I keep doing this, you know, the best the, the best way to learn is it's to learn from who really knows, you know, learn from who developed the the, the system. Yes,
0: yeah, certainly. Um, and I would say that all the replays from the, the Dust Safety Conference are inside the Dust Safety Academy platform. Uh, Monica's in there interacting with people in the community forums, but the, the replays and the slides and everything are all right there. And I keep using them and I know others are as well. Um, it's good to hear that they're having far-reaching consequences. It's not just North America, or you know, it's not just um, Canada and the U.S., but it's Brazil and other countries as well. So, yeah, thank you for for talking about your experience of the event because it means a lot to us. We put a you know a lot of effort to put it on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know you did you you and your your team. You guys did a great job, you know, putting all these guys together. I need to thank you, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, so we we talked about the event a bit. Um, again, all the replays for that are inside the Dust Safety Academy platform. If you're interested in that. There will be links in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 82 that you can look at there. I've seen that you've been working on a lot of, or some large projects since the event. Are you able to share some of these projects you've been working on and, and how you've been implementing fire and explosion safety solutions within them?
1: yes we have been working to some uh, silos dust collectors and conveyors it's really a big project i'm i'm in this project since probably september last last year and uh, i was you know uh, i i had in before the conference i had one way that i was like walking that way to develop the project. And uh, the customer almost killed me after the conference because I changed a lot of stuff there. So <laughs> I said, no, 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 we're going to change this. But the good, the good thing that happens is we have like a eight, eight conveyors. It's more than 100 meters. I think it's around like 300 feet. We have uh, three silos. We have uh, almost 10 dust collectors in this project. And uh, we're doing the scope to send to the suppliers and uh, ask to the industries, like, okay, to this part, to the lose, to, you know, these guys. And uh, in the middle of the way, so I just show up and say, no, 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 we're going to change this, we're going to change that. And uh, when they asked me why, I could answer all the questions because I learned from the conference. So this was really nice. Of course, this project is gonna take us more until the July of next year, I guess, because it's a big project, and we have problems in Brazil with the combustible dust. We need to educate people about that. So every time when we talk about combustible dust and how to prevent, uh, it is a challenge. So we need to educate the engineer staff. And then the chief of these guys, and then the chief of the chief. So, we we have a lot of a lot of way to to get the the purchase order, <laughs> but uh, we keep going. You know, we never give up.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. I, um, that that spirit is what's needed, and I w- I will be certainly sharing this episode with my team because I want them to to know and see how what we're doing with uh, dust safety science and the dust safety academy. Is having impact in in other countries like Brazil, where you're not just adding um, cost to the bottom line, but you're making those those systems safer in that uh, the facility you're working with. So that's you no, know, that's really um, warms my heart to hear. <laughs> so that's really good. <laughs> the training that you're doing are they are they structured with the companies you're working with, or how how is that being received by the the uh, the companies that you're you're giving the information to?
1: Okay. The, the thing is, we only have two standards in Brazil. Uh, in Brazil, we have ABMT uh, that say about combustible dust. So they are pretty much the translation of an FPA 654 and an FPA 68. But we have a problem in Brazil that people don't like to read. And uh, so we need to... like uh, Translate, let, let, let me put it in this way, translate in an easy way to the community understand what we're talking about. So I, what I'm trying to do to kind of educate and bring the culture to, to them is put in an easy way to make them understand the risk and the solution. And uh, it is easy. For me, it's kind of easy. Because I like what I do, so it's easy. And uh, oh, what the hard part? The hard part, and put these people conscious about the risk. And uh, what I'm doing is I put a lot of movies that, from the YouTube to them to watch and understand in each kind of industry, like to the woodworking industry. The woodwork, they know more about the risk, but the food... They know, but they don't believe too much. So what I do it's to to train to train them. It's to put the these movies and and make them understand that the day industry it's in that movie. So this is how I try to do.
0: <laughs> no, that's we, I've had this conversation with uh, with many people. We had it with Dr. Chris Bloor back in episode. Forty of the podcast on how to run an effective dust explosion training session. Um, and he mentioned the same thing that people don't believe it until they see it with their own eyes. Um, so you may need to do, you know, a live, a live test works really well. And if you don't have that, then sharing videos is the, the single easiest way to do that. And the U S Chemical safety board has some really good videos that are public domain that you can use. Um, and, you know, there's other groups that are, that are sharing good material as well. That really illustrates the the hazards that you're you're dealing with, um, and then you can get into the you know the NFPA concepts, the FM Global concepts, and and how those relate as the solutions. So I think that's you know uh, an excellent way to do it, and I'm happy to see that you're doing that um, in Brazil.
1: Let's see how it goes. <laughs> I keep you posted.
0: <laughs> well, I I think it's going to go very well. Um, what what other challenges are there in Brazil? You mentioned this kind of training aspect. But are there are there any other challenges that come out that uh, you think would be helpful for dust safety science or the dust safety academy to do something to help with, or even the work that you're doing?
1: I think if you could be uh, if you could develop a training like baby steps <laughs> and go to the beginning and to the end, because uh, I know I know people who want to learn about combustible dust. And uh, I, uh, lucky me that I speak a little bit of English, but I know a lot of that they don't have any English and they really want to learn. So I, I can help you to translate.
0: <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good point. We've been thinking for a while now about how, is there a way to translate what we're doing into different languages? And it's hard to do all at once, just the amount of material we have, <laughs> but we are trying to figure out ways to do it. And even in, within maybe the Dust Safety Academy, maybe we have fundamentals, courses that are in different languages. And that's something that, that hopefully if we do a, you know, Portuguese, that's something maybe you can help us with.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. I would love to. <laughs> and, but we know we have a, like a, a very large field from this in Brazil. We are uh, 210 million people in Brazil. We have a gray, grain and wood working. We have this two industry in Brazil. Uh, we have a pharma in Brazil. So this 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 kind of industry, it is where we have the combustible dust all the time. And uh, what I believe is with, if we can put like a, in an easy way to them to understand better about their risk, they're going to look... For more information, and then they're gonna make an effort to learn, uh, to learn English, or at least to Google Translate the information. But uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have the a, a, a start, the kickoff. So this is what a this is what happened to me. This is what I happened with more than more engineers that I know that everybody fall in love about combustible dust. You know, and we don't have too many people. I, I believe that we don't have too many people in the world. You can speak better than me about that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's such a lovely subject.
0: It is. Um, and no, we we certainly don't. I would say a couple hundred that are um, across the entire world that that are, you know, specifically in this field.
1: Hopefully in a couple of years, I will be one of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we covered with some challenges. Language. Maybe too much information in the standards to, to be digestible by one person. They're pretty complicated, so we just hand them the standard and tell them to read it. They're probably not going to do it. You need to, you know, be able to portray the information in a, in a good way, in a simple and easy to understand way. Um, are there any other challenges that you see in your work?
1: In my work or in my country? <laughs> in my work, yes. You know why? Because we like we listed some very good materials to, to the guys put in the dust collector and in, in the conveyors or something like that and after you convinced people that it is necessary so step one check it we got it so then we're going to ask for the purchase order what it happened? it is out the prices in dollar and the exchange right now it's almost 6 to 1 and uh, in the top of that the government, they have uh, the the mark protection so the taxes are really high <laughs> and uh, i tell you what we don't have a brazilian industry that can that they 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 uh, they make this spark detector you know the the suppression says we don't have this in brazil i don't know why the taxes are so high so this is the real challenge the price
0: and hopefully as we keep increasing awareness um at some point maybe some of the vendors will go down there and start manufacturing in brazil which will hopefully supply a little cheaper products for for you folks
1: <laughs> hopefully i'm praying for that
0: <laughs> well, well it's something we'll, we'll try to work on together so i really appreciate you going through these challenges and talking about the digital dust safety conference about your journey what's next for you um, as you continue to, to try and improve safety in these industries handling combustible dust
1: The next steps. it's a never stop study and uh, spread knowledge as much as I can. You know, uh, understand better the equipments and understand better how to list it, which one to the equipment from the the customers and uh, try to simplify it in uh, good Portuguese. Let me put it this way, like in an easy Portuguese. How to explain to the customers the needs of this this of the, the combustible dust world. Yeah, this is how I can't see myself in the future.
0: Well, we will be here um to try and help you as much as we can along the way. Uh, certainly. And I know we've had some other folks on the podcast that are doing work in Brazil and they'll they'll be there to help support uh to help support you as well. So I just wanna finish off just by saying thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, thank you for coming and attending the, the Digital Dust Safety Conference. And yeah, we, we really appreciate the the um, safety systems you're implementing in Brazil and the work that you're doing on training and education. So with that, I think we'll close up this interview, Monica. Um, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast. And uh, I am look forward to continuing to to talk with you about how things are going in Brazil, maybe getting you back on the podcast in the future to talk about uh, the successes that you're having, you know, six months, a year and a couple of years down the road.
1: Thank you. For sure. Uh, I will do my best to increase this in Brazil. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation, Chris. <laughs> it's really nice to speak to you.
0: Thank you, Monica. And you have a great day. You too. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney, and Monica Remonazzo, Fire Protection Engineer with Remonazzo, Fire Protection Engineering, based at Curitiba, South Brazil. As you can tell, some of the uh, the Brazilian words are not rolling off my tongue after the interview, but I'm trying my best. We had a really great interview. We talked with Monica about her journey through fire protection engineering, how she came into the field of combustible dust safety, how she fell in love with it in her own words, um, and how she really has a, a an eagerness and, and a want and a willingness to help increase education and awareness in Brazil on this topic. We talked about her journey. We talked about her experience at the 2020 Digital Dust Safety Conference, how she's using the resources from the event um, in her work today. She's going back and watching presentations. She's contacting vendors and experts and consultants to understand why systems are being put in and what kind of systems are needed for different applications. And then using that and translating it both figuratively and literally into different languages so that she can uh, she can use that to, to work with the company she's working with, companies she's working with in Brazil. So at the end of the interview, we talked about some challenges that remain in Brazil. Some of these will sound familiar as so we've had discussions with others that are working down in that area. Um, but but simplifying the needs for explosion protection, um, providing tools and training that can demonstrate um, there's always a language barrier, not just in Brazil, but across many countries around the world. If you're trying to do training education on NFPA 652 or NFPA 68, you need to be able to frame that in the right language. As we talked with Jay Juvenal uh, back in episode 72 of the podcast, some words don't even exist like flameless venting and even um, fire suppression you know, no, they may not even have the same sort of meanings in, in different languages. So that's a difficulty. We talked about exchange rates and taxes. We talked about just overall simplifying what does it mean to to protect and improve safety in combustible dust. Uh, so as I mentioned in the, earlier in the episode, all the videos for the Digital Dust Safety Conference are available, all 52 of them, inside the Dust Safety Academy. We're doing ongoing training um, every month in there as well. So if you're interested in that, you can go to eighty We'll have links to, to where you can find more information about that. I just want to say, you know, if you're listening to this podcast outside of the US and you're doing work or Canada and you're doing work in combustible dust safety, um, certainly reach out. We'd love to discuss with you how how we can organize this training better so that it can be easier distributed throughout the world. And I want to hear the stories about how things are going in your region of the world as well. Um, So we include that with our our overall uh, effort as as a company and as a team worldwide. So I just want to finish up by saying, I hope everyone's staying safe out there. We're still going through this. Global COVID pandemic at the moment, um, which has a you know a lot of companies shut down, a lot of silly shut down. But we will get through this together. I hope everyone's having a you know a safe and productive week going into the weeks ahead. I look forward to bringing other guests from around the world on the Best Safety Podcast uh, moving forward as well.